Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. On today's show, I sit down with former world boxing champion, Jeff. And no! here to my home studio it's so honestly it's such a thrill to be able to have you and, and sit down with you you're, you're someone that I've obviously admired for for a really long time so thank you for your that's time. okay thank you <laughs> it's interesting because I boxing is a really funny sport for me and I'm sure you probably get this a lot yes <laughs> it's it's so Oh, it, I mean, it's so interesting because you're so skillful, like unbelievably skillful. The the fitness and the strength and this, the agility is just absolutely remarkable. The thing, obviously, that I get an issue with is like the punching and the, yeah. the bleeding and <laughs> yes, the knocking out. <laughs> that's a part of it, but I guess that's what makes it people want to watch it. Mm. Some watch it, some don't want to watch it. More males probably want to watch it because mm. – I guess that's what we think about sometimes is, oh, well, how, how do I reckon I would go up against that guy? Do you reckon that's what partly it is? like? It's, it's competitiveness and I guess our natural instinct to probably want to climb the pecking order of ah. being somewhere and I guess that's what boxing is, is, mm. is you're at, you want to be at the top and beat the best to be the best. Yeah, because that's what I, I – I, kind of researching you and, and understanding your story a little bit more. That's what I just find so fascinating about you as a person because you're you're so lovely. Like you just seem like a really <laughs> nice guy who's like pretty chill and, you know, you start to learn a bit more about your story and obviously you had a history of bullying at school. Is that kind of where that element of you came from, do you think? With the fighting side, yeah. Oh, look, I'm I'm a highly competitive person. I think that's mm. where majority of my want to box is. Okay. Um, I guess the confidence that it gave me at the start after school because mm. I I did get bullied at school, but nowhere near as bad as what some other kids just get bullied, especially mm. these days. And um, yeah, I just felt like it gave me. In- incredible confidence mm. and I knew I was going to be going out and I was like, well, I need to learn how to protect myself and protect Joe and, yeah, that's how it kind of began. Yeah, right. So you have that highly competitive drive. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And it, was boxing just the avenue for that or did you have other options that you were thinking about? I was playing football or soccer for, what was it, tw- 12 years, I think. I think it was 12 years from – Basically, grade one till high school, the end of high right. school, and by that time, I think I should have been spotted or picked. I would always get like chosen to get to like a regional kind of tryout side, and right. I would never kind of crack that space. So I was like, okay, well, this is kind of telling me I'm not going to really go anywhere with soccer, so mm. I'll go try something else. Okay, and uh, boxing wasn't even a thought of trying. Yeah, it was, it was martial arts. I went to it was a martial arts gym. Ah. Um, and it was called Scorpion Martial Arts and I went there to kind of learn some self-defense moves and it kind of transferred into boxing after watching a boxer there. Wow. Because you were what? You were like 20 at the time. I was, what would I have been? I think I was I was 18 when okay. I started the yep. self-defense stuff and I think I was about 19 when I had my first fight. Okay, so how was that first fight for you? Because it's one thing to be like sparring yeah. and, you know, training and practicing yeah. but actually getting – Hit in the face. Oh, look, they're, they're <laughs> the same, but one of them, you know, is going on a record and people, a lot of people are watching, whereas when you're in the gym just sparring a mate or someone from the gym or someone from outside the gym, it's it's not recorded. It's not a competition as okay. such that there's a winner and loser. Yeah, you might feel like you lost a spar mm. and you got hit more in the session, but that's all the learning part of it of going into a comp- competition and, yeah. That, that's the difference. Was it scary though? Because like I can't <laughs> – and like to be fair, I'm a really soft swimmer. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like I need my own lane. <laughs> Do not touch me. 
give me some space. <laughs> Luckily, you get that. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So, like, the idea of someone, like, hitting me in the face or, like, coming after me is, like... <gasps> yeah, so if you could, like, go into a swimming pool and there was no lanes and someone could actually, like, hit you... If, if someone was touching my feet, I would kick them. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that is the competitive side yeah. of me. Like, don't touch me. <laughs> but, like, how do you mentally prepare yourself for someone to attack you look it was that's where where I guess the competitiveness comes from Mm. um I guess I didn't mind like it was all about that's cool yeah just it was all about like I felt confident in myself after I learned the skills that I knew how to beat that a person in in the boxing ring I guess and uh it was a lot about like the the gap you had a confidence that you would like I'd be able to hit you more than you hit me yes Yes, and if I, I didn't normally stray away from that, I, you always had to have confidence mm. to, to be able to perform well in there. As soon as you kind of had doubts going in, that's when you didn't really normally perform at your best, and yeah. I've done that a couple of times. Oh, yeah, and I can't imagine. <laughs> that would really and suck. that hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're like, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, let's not do that again. So even if you're not confident, you've just got to say you're confident. Mm. Like, you've got to transfer, change that in your head. So is that where the kind of performance of boxers come from? Because that's what I find really interesting about yeah. you because you see someone like an Anthony Mundine, for example, who I've met once and he seems very softly spoken compared to yes. the bravado that he brings. He's a different person in front of a camera. Yes, <laughs> massively. Whereas you seem the same here talking to me on That's the couch. because I'm a bad actor. Yeah. <laughs> like I recognise that in myself. Yeah. I can't be an actor. Yeah, So, but how do you – because it does feel very performative, um, you know, particularly weigh-ins and all those, you know, the big press conferences and it's all like very masculine kind of energy. Yeah. Um, how did you manage that side or how do you manage that side? Look, I, luckily I'm very calm and chilled out even at the most stressful times like a weigh-in or facing off with someone and I don't think of them as such as an opponent yet. Mm. I just like it's another person. and So you're not intimidated? No. Even if, like, the more, I guess, they try and even be intimidating, the more I think that's probably funny. Yeah. And, I, and, I would be, and you'd see me either smile or or, or laugh mm. at that, that point because it's like there's no reason to be to hating this person. I guess they are going to be – we are going to be punching each other soon, but uh, – <laughs> Other than that, you know, that whole thing yeah. where you've got to get in a ring in front of 50,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange. It's just – I don't think of it as I don't dislike the person or anything. I just know it's a competition mm. and I've got to beat them. Yeah. I just – I really love that because it's it, – like it, it's quite intimidating to have someone who isn't intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like that kind of played a part of yes. it? Like did you recognise that? Yeah. I, I guess when I – if I was to smile when someone was like death staring me or – like I just was very relaxed. Mm. I think that kind of played on my opponent's t- minds at the time. Going like, why isn't he worried? Mm. I'm like, I'm going to rip him to pieces. Yeah, like that's what I want to do to him. And he's, he's smiling, he's or he's just so me. chilled out and talking with people. Is, is that like an Australian trait, or is that something that you kind of not a persona because it, it's clearly you? But do you feel like you played on to that to try and intimidate people? Not really. Yeah. I didn't really try and intimidate them. I was just like. You were just out yeah, of who just, you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think that's so cool. One of the other elements that I think is just so fascinating about you, and I wonder if you get annoyed by this actually because so much of your hype was that it's a teacher from Brisbane yeah. who's got to face off against the best in the world. Yeah. Do you get frustrated by that because it's kind of – not playing down your achievements, but yeah. it's like, oh, who's this random teacher who's just yeah. going to step into the ring? And it's like, yeah. hey, guys, I've been training really hard for this. Yeah. Look, it, I I always knew there has to be a a persona or something attached to you. A so, story. Yeah, there has to be a story. And if I don't didn't have a story, no one's going to be interested. So I guess taking that on board, because I was a teacher, mm. um, it was fine, even though I was – I was a full-time athlete at that time, yeah. like 
as facing Pacquiao and stuff mm. like that, but they'll still relate back to a few years back when you were actually just a teacher. But I think that's why you were so loved, you know, at the time when you faced off against Manny Pacquiao um, for that world title. It's, sorry, I might get the terminology wrong. That's world okay. title? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Championship? Yeah, championship belt. Ha- championship yeah. belt, okay. We, whatever you, however you want to say it, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, Do you cool. know the lettering of it? WBO. Yeah. Welterweight. Well done, yeah. <laughs> I did some research. Yeah. I was very proud of myself. Um, yeah, so when you're preparing for that match, you know, because obviously Manny Pacquiao, I say obviously as though I know boxing. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao is a very <laughs> famous boxer who's Extremely, obviously yeah. very successful f- over many years. Um, and isn't he like going to be president of? I think so. The I think that's what he's trying to do now. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, but at the time in 2017, you were relatively unknown, and so you've come into this moment where you're facing off in SunCorp Stadium in front of 50,000 people. I watched the footage, and I just like I can't even imagine. That pressure hmm. and that expectation and because you're obviously hyper-competitive, I can yeah. see that and I can feel that, but like how do you manage your emotions and the pressure yeah, in that I, moment? Because it's, it's just you two yeah. in the middle of Suncorp Stadium. I guess that goes down to your personality and a trait that I luckily have is to be able to deal with like not being overawed in a situation like that. And um, I wasn't. I was like I'd use visualisation and stuff prior to the mm. match. So I'd like visualise a packed stadium. I'd visualise Pacquiao standing across from me, all that type of thing. I was like I, I knew I was just what I had to do. I, mm. I trained extremely hard to get in the best shape I could to be able to win that fight. So mm. I was like confident in myself that I was like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Yeah. He's a smaller guy than me and I know what I can do to beat him. Mm. Yeah, because I watched I watched parts of it. I didn't watch all. Yeah. <laughs> I could have watched 12 yeah. rounds. You went for 12 rounds, man. That is yeah. a grind. I yeah. can't even imagine mentally how you manage your time through that. But there was one particular round, round nine. Yep. No, you'll know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just kept getting pummeled. Yeah. <laughs> pummeled is not the correct terminology, but you just – he kept landing punches and – I don't know how you were standing, let alone waiting until the, like, you know, just trying to dodge as best as you could. And then you came back for another round. Yeah. Like, it was amazing to watch. Yeah, I guess it was, I guess, hell for that round. Yeah. Um, he was clipping me with some good shots. And I guess he was probably thinking he was going to stop me coming here and then he finally saw his opportunity and was like, oh, I can get him here. Yeah. And he kept on throwing some big punches yeah. and clipping me and I just kept on trying to move away, trade a little bit with him, but he was still getting me with a few good shots and mm. luckily I was able to make out that round and that was my little slump where mm. I always have in my fights. I always have this this point in the fight, which is unfortunately normally around that round nine, mm. where my performance kind of drops, I get tired, mm. and I need that second wind. And but how do you get a second win? Because it's like literally a minute between yeah, rounds. I guess like where does that second win come <laughs> from? I don't, I don't know. Like how does any athlete get a second win in anything? Mm. It's just like I just had that little breather. You have to just recoup your thoughts and everything. Because and mm. literally the, um, the umpire, the ref was like, you got to show me something otherwise yeah. I'm going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like sitting there calmly getting the face jelly (laughs) it was it was crazy like I guess it all happened so quickly Mm. as well and and so when you come back for that round 10 and 11 and 12 Mm -hmm. did you did you think you'd won like did you think you had had it over him yeah look I felt like throughout the rounds I was going back to my corner and I kind of felt like I had done well and I was kind of winning the rounds Mm. but I knew in boxing, sometimes it's very um, uh, speculative. Yeah, judges can see different things. I was yep. like, if subjective. I, yeah. yeah, if if I didn't knock him out and secure that win, I probably wasn't going to get the decision over a name like Manny Pacquiao. Mm. Like it, it, that was massive. Like the whole Sun Court was packed. Mm. All the media, 
Like he brings all that. Exactly. He bought all of that. Well, and you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I was the, the the little guy. Yeah. Like waiting to. You were David hope. versus the yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he bought all that. So I was like, I needed to really be convincing here. And I, I thought I won majority of the rounds anyway, but I thought going to the decision, if I ever went to a decision against him, I probably wasn't going to get it. So mm. I'd kind of thought. Standing there, I was like, look, I felt felt like I'd won. Mm. I feel like I'd won the fight. I feel like I won the majority of the rounds, but I'm not expecting to get my hand raised here mm. because he's still standing. And how did that feel when your hand was raised? Oh, it was it was amazing because, like, I guess I was not expecting it either. I was, I was like, waiting for to hear, and still, uh, when I heard "and you," I it it just a, like a roar of the stadium. Mm. Oh. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, yes, it was an amazing moment to watch and, and seeing your wife, Joe in the crowd with your mum <laughs> was yeah. just, just beautiful. I, so long story short, you don't know my career, but that's okay. <laughs> um, not that you don't, but anyway. Well, I can remember <laughs> yeah, watching your yes, career yes. At, at points. Anyway. I wouldn't know. Specific. Details, yeah. This specific story. In 2007, I broke a world record racing Michael Phelps and yep. everybody – it wasn't officially ratified because it wasn't a FINA-approved yes. event even though mixed relays are now FINA-approved events. Anyway, I digress. Um, but I, So I broke the record but people said that I was sort of cruising on the wake of his water and that's what made me go faster and break 53 seconds and all this stuff. But we were just talking about your um, match with Pacquiao and it's like nobody, not nobody, there's a lot of people who obviously support the win and, and believe that you won, but there's also a lot of people who are like, oh, you didn't really win, Pacquiao yes. won. How does that feel for you? Like is that just? I get a lot of flack from that, especially not necessarily in Filipinos. A lot of people don't believe still that I, that I won uh, and that's majority because of some of the commentating, the American commentating that happened with it. But is that frustrating to oh, you? Oh, look, it, it is, but I feel in myself that I won the fight, so I'm not annoyed. I guess that, that, that nature that I have, we spoke about before. You're a like, far Meh. better person than me because <laughs> it, when everyone's like, oh, she just cruised off the wake, I'm like, fuck that. Just <laughs> my but fuck that. Like, yeah. I crushed that. I beat. 53 seconds, acknowledge me. Yeah. yeah. See, I'd I, be like in people's faces going, I beat him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, it doesn't bother me because I know we're, we're going to get that no matter what in our lives. Mm. Like people not agree with things that we've done or not recognise our achievements in something. And I guess for a long time, which is why you might find it frustrating again, like I didn't really have a heap to go, oh, everyone's impressed with me because of this because mm. I was in a team sport where it wasn't really like you don't normally get that. Yeah, it's not about you, yeah. the individual. It's about the team so when the I, outcome. Yeah, so when I got that from getting that world title, everything I, I always wanted in that achievement, it was like I didn't care. what <laughs> You can say I, I didn't get it because I got it. Yeah, I exactly. Have I have the belt. <laughs> I, I felt what I, what, what I felt at the time, the achievement that I finally got and – yeah, I, I believed in it myself, so that's all what really matters. I don't care what a small percentage of people think. Where do you where do your belts live? Uh, do you wear it around? No. <laughs> Does Joe get you to put it out and just wander around the house? Maybe late on a Saturday night. <laughs> Joe, here you go, baby. <laughs> no, I I have majority of them at home. But some of them, my dad is keeping safe. No, oh, that's in, awesome. In a spot. In a spot. In a spot. <laughs> I don't even in know an where. Undisclosed location. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, from like a female perspective, mm-hmm. sorry, I have to come from my perspective. Yeah. How does your wife manage to watch you get <laughs> beaten up? Is like, is she okay with that? Look, I guess because we started dating basically at the end of high school. And Which is adorable, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and she's only known me mm. to box. I just saw someone's like, I'm going to go try this. And I was pretty good at it. And she was used to me going and watching me have fights. And mm. pro was a different story because there's no head guard on. There's no real 
massive protection. There was just these little gloves that you get yeah. encountered with and there's cuts and bruises and Yep. But she had dealt with all that prior and I guess she was still worried that what if you get punched and you get knocked out or yeah. get seriously hurt and so she was stressed. She was highly stressed, but <laughs> But, Jerry, this what is what I'm do. doing. Yeah. <laughs> if you love me, yeah. you love my boxing. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I guess that kind of leads into our conversation because technically you're not retired. And I think it's really um, – you're the first not retired athlete that mm-hmm. I've kind of spoken to. Yeah. But you're kind of in this point in your life where you're probably making decisions, you're trying to work out the next steps forward. How do you navigate that? Because boxing is a very – it's a really unique sport because mm-hmm. you have to organise the fights. Like it's – yeah. Uh, unless you're, you know, an amateur who goes and competes at the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, you have to organise these fights. So – and I can imagine that process takes months, if not years, potentially to kind of not only organise – and sign the contract to get this fight done, but yeah. then to prepare for it as well. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of little things to kind of consider with a with a massive fight like that. And yeah, revenue is is a big thing. Was, yeah, is the fight going to make money? Is there any point in the two people agreeing to do it? But how does that decision get made then? Like because it, it it's obviously partly titles. It's partly revenue. Timing, I imagine, is is a lot of part of it as well. Yep. Where it's going to be is another massive factor. Like, how does that's do why a lot of fights don't happen? Yes, yeah. Like, there's so many little things, and if a fighter doesn't want to do something or they feel disadvantaged in some way or another, mm. like location, they'll be like, "Well, I'm not doing doing that. Mm. We can fight somewhere else or fight somewhere where it's um, a mutual." location Mm. so yeah there's lots of different things to kind of agree on and make a massive fight like that happen yeah because your last fight was in 2020 yeah against tim zoo Mm -hmm. and it felt like you didn't win that one (laughs) i don't know how else to say it i don't remember that (laughs) (laughs) you didn't win and that obviously would be hard (laughs) but if if you were to organize another fight yeah what is it that drives you like is it financial because this is your job right like this is how you earn the majority of your money i imagine like i'm you know making assumptions but like that obviously there's that element Mm -hmm. providing for your family all of those things but what else is there like because that can't be the only thing yeah look for a long time for my whole career, all I wanted is to become a world champion mm. and that was to – I had to verse a world champion to kind of do that and that was Manny Pacquiao and I, and I finally accomplished that and that was my, my, my goal completed. I was like, wow, I've I finally done it. And then it was like, okay, now, now next step. And yeah. I, I really didn't picture anything after saying I wanted the world championship. That yeah. was my goal. So then I had to kind of reassess and go, okay – now what am I fighting for? Yeah. Now what am I going to do? So then I had to re recalibrate my my goals, and the next one was okay. I'll be a unified world champion where you're undisputed. You you win all the belts because there's four major belts out okay. there, and that was my next step. And I had to defend my belt, and then I had to go fight Crawford under the contract I had with Bob Arum. Yeah. Right. And so. What now then? Like what is? Uh, I guess to get a, to end on a win, yeah. that would be nice. So that's the thing that's kind of driving you. Well, that that's that would be more a pref- preferable finish is to finish on a win rather Always. than a loss. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then I guess the, the money side of it as well yeah. is just to hopefully get a, a big payday to then fin- finish off. And yeah. I guess they're the, they're the probably two things for me to go – that would make me consider coming back to do it again. Okay, but to get go for another world title or something like that—that that is not That's my not goal the driver. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really interesting how, as athletes, your goals shift over time and the desires shift over time. Yeah, because I can't imagine that you because you you went to London, you went to the yes. Olympics there, and you went you got to the semi-finals. Was it? Yeah, yeah. 
I, I imagine being a professional, you can't go back to being amateur. Well, you can. You could. I don't know what the rules were. They've just changed recently where okay. if you've had under 10 fights or something, but I don't know if they've com- completely changed it where any pro can go mm. go back. But the problem with that is, well, I have, I got paid basically nothing when I was an amateur. Yeah. So that's a big reason why a lot of pros would stay pros because they get paid well to be yeah. a pro. They exactly. Get, you're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, you go back to fighting for nothing. Like, so. um, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because you know a lot of there'd be amazing boxing. Yeah. at the Olympics. But in saying that, it's a different sport in a way. Okay. Yes, you both. It's the exact same sport as in you're both punching each other to score points and to yep. beat them in rounds. But one's only three rounds in the amateurs. Ah. So three three minute rounds is ten like nine minutes. Yeah, that's... compared to forty five minutes as a pro. That's like a sprinter versus yeah, a Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of distance. different. Yeah. Like it is a sprint going into the amateurs and mm. a lot of fighters like to kind of figure out their opponents and wear them down and, yeah. Well, I, that's your kind of trademark. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> You're that's, a grinder. That's, yeah. That's why <laughs> boxers do well in the pros because they might be figuring out and I see that in a lot of different fighters that they – it takes some time for them to kind of figure out, okay, what they need to do to beat this person. Mm. And it's longer than three rounds normally. That's so interesting though because I, I, as someone who doesn't necessarily watch boxing, like I had no idea there was strategy. I Like obviously strategy, don't get hit. Yeah. <laughs> Dodge the punches. Yeah. But the fact that you're learning as you go within the match. Yeah. I find that fascinating. Well, it would be, it would be like – if you threw a left jab, so a left hand at mm. them and they block it and then you throw the right one and you hit them, you go, okay, obviously I can hit them with the right hand. So yeah. you throw that more. Yeah. So things like that or I might faint to your head and then punch your body and you, that will work. Yeah. I don't know. There's all like little things like that that you might try. Yeah. And it takes time throughout the fight to figure but it how out. how are you thinking about that when you're getting punched in the head? <laughs> like, well... How do you You're learn? not thinking about getting punched in the head. <laughs> no, but you obviously sometimes do get yeah. punched in the head. It's just a part of it, I guess. It's just learning to think with a foggy brain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't explain how that happens, but mm. it would be like any stressful situation in any sport. If you're in pain yeah, in, in one way or another you with your going. muscles, yeah, you just push through and yeah. you just keep doing what you know you have to do because you've done the training to be in situations like that. Mm. To get through it. I find that just unbelievably fascinating. <laughs> it's <just laughs> such an interesting element like that I hadn't kind of considered. But, of course, it's the same thing. Like, you know, at the end of a heart rate set, like for me as a swimmer, you, you know, swim your guts out and then the coach says go again yeah. and, you go, and you just go again because yeah. you just learn to adapt your body and your brain and your thinking to those moments. Yeah. So how do you replicate that in training then? Uh, that's a lot of hard sparring, so getting people in there and treating it kind of like a fight. Mm. Like I got to a point where we're actually like standing across from my my opponent for the day and um, you would play my music, I'd walk in, we would do that whole um, starting part of it. and um, So you're literally going through the yeah, motions. Yeah, exactly, and then – you, you start punching on round one. You go, tap gloves, let's go. So you're trying to replicate that. And do you have different partners then who yes. like alternate? Yes. <laughs> so you get a fresh person. Yeah, because you're obviously training normally for a 12-round fight and mm. it's a hard, hard slog to do that and you can't expect someone, everyone to be able to do that. So you get fresh guys come in to kind of make sure that you're getting pushed through your paces. Yeah. So you you have come from this background of of teaching. Could you ever imagine going into teaching again? Uh, like I can't imagine you going to be Mr. Horn again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, d- I don't think so. I, I, yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. But you also have started a lot of anti-bullying, yep. um, like a charity around that. Yes. What, what has driven you to kind of – pursue that outside of of your sport uh i guess my struggles as a teenager as well and i know a lot of other people go through it um and i think giving them the confidence earlier in life rather than later where i got it Mm. just out of school giving it 
to them in school will just make their lives, it could change, it will change yeah. a lot of lives and give them the confidence to do what they, they want to do and not necessarily boxing either. It just gives them the confidence to do what they want to do. Because they learn some skills, don't they, around self-defence? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's not a, a boxing program. It's mm. purely if you get put into this bad situation, this is how you get out of it or this is how you, what you do to protect yourself so you don't get extremely hurt. Mm. And so where do you want to take that? What is what is the kind of goal with that? Is it just to help kids around Australia? Yeah, I guess that's the, the first part is to start off in Australia and possibly move to a global global thing. But first of all is nailing Australia because we're a pretty big place to, yes, to kind I, of cover. It's exactly right, yeah. And so like outside of sport, like you obviously you haven't decided, although you did mention that you – I have thought when you turn 35, yeah. that might be it. Yeah, I, I'd put a time frame on it, which will most likely be the case at 35, which isn't too far away. How old are you now? Nearly 34. Okay. So I'm 33 and 34 and so a few So you could days. squeeze <laughs> another match. <in>. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I could, but I, I haven't fought for over a year now. Yeah. So it's... So it's beto- sorry, a little sidebar question. Between matches... Mm-hmm. Do you stay fit? Yeah. Well, when you when I was in, some boxers don't, and I think that's a mistake, but you've got to kind of do something to keep yourself active and you've got to kind of be doing the sport yep. constantly. Maybe not as hard, but you're still kind of keeping your eye in. Yeah. So uh, what do you do now, for example, at the moment? Oof. Go to the gym. Yeah. Do some weights. <laughs> Just throw some weights around. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've probably do very little cardio at the moment, which okay. is probably something I should start doing soon. Uh, because there's no guilt here. Like I know, there's no judgment. I know, I know <laughs> but I feel like I, I want to, but yeah. at the same time I've done that's what boxing is, is majority cardio mm. work. It's just like oh lots of skipping. Yeah. Yeah. Skipping heavy bag. Just that constant work rate over forty five minutes is mm. like oh. So taxing. it's just nice to get in the yeah, gym. Yeah, it's nice just to just go, yeah, do some weights. <laughs> Girls for get the a, girls. Yeah, get, get a puff up and then, yep, that's it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so you try and stay relatively fit. So if that those stars align, you are ready to kind of hit the ground running. Exactly, exactly. But I guess I've almost priced myself out of nearly doing it again. Okay. It, it's potential that I could go back Do you think in. that's a mental thing, though? What's like, that? Like, because you could – Reduce your... I could, but I don't need to. No. So I guess if I'm like, that would be majority of what I'm fighting for mm. is to get that, that purse again, that money, yes. and to then end on a win, mm. I don't see a reason... To not stay there. Like yeah. if someone's willing to pay for it, then... Yeah. yeah. Then I'll get back into the shape to... to to do another fight, but if not, I'm like, I'm happy. Yeah, it's got to be a pretty big bloody carrot. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But, I, yeah, it's, I, I find that really interesting because it, it becomes less about doing the thing and obviously provide, but then providing for your family. Yeah. And and you're, you're risking your body. Yeah, like there's always a risk of seriously injuring yourself or dying in there. Mm. Do, you, do you think about that a lot? No. Okay. Well, you couldn't. I, well, yeah. <laughs> I imagine you couldn't be no. like walking up to the ring and be like, I oh, think yeah. if you're thinking that being a boxer, you're not going to get very mm. far. You've just, that's why I had, I had to put my body on the line every single time. And Do you just compartmentalize that? Like, because obviously you're aware of it. It's not like you're sticking your head in the sand and ignoring yeah. the fact that that's a possibility. But do you, when you're in the ring, it's just. Yeah. Exactly, until you start getting pounded and that's probably what happened to me in my last fight. I was getting I hit a lot and mm. not with huge shots but with accurate sharp shots. I was like, oh, okay, I keep getting tagged here and I know I'm in trouble but I, I won't give up. So. Mm. Yeah, so how do, you, how do you manage that? Because you do have a whole team. Like you, you are it in the ring, you are there. Yeah. But when you feel... Under threat? Is mm-hmm. that kind of an accurate term? Like you kind of feel like you're getting hit a lot. Yeah. But you are 
a bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> a stubborn person who's yeah. like, I'm not going to give up. How do you make that decision to stop the match? That's very, very hard. And I guess that's what issues came up in my last fight with yeah. uh, my trainer, Glenn Rushton. He was saying, like, you can do it, like, and keep going. Cause yeah. His belief is what got me to where I was in the first place. And, yeah. Um, I did read some of that and I yeah. was really interested to understand your side of it. Yeah. And look, I I, I like that about him as well. Like mm. that the never give up attitude is like, let's do this. But yeah. then at the same time, it's like, I do want to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to have a full and healthy life. Yeah. yeah. So like I get the other people in my corner were like, okay, he's, he's, He's had enough. I, we can see he's not going to to, find to win something. now, yeah, and yep. find something to win. But there is always that slim hope. It's like, if, like for that particular moment with with Tim, um, it was the ninth round again, I think. Yeah, and because you're obviously a bulldog, you're wanting to keep fighting and grinding because that's who you are as a person. And it sounds like Glenn is the same yep. type of personality. It must be really difficult then to for both of you to have other people who are like, no. Yeah. Because in that situation, the way that you would win was by knockout? Was yeah, that? basically. Yeah. I needed, needed to knock him out to yeah. win the fight. So it's, yeah, so it's such a hard. Which I guess is possible. Like oh, I could have just thrown, thrown a punch and he One just, particular, yeah. like, but that's the hard thing is it's just one punch that yeah. could take it. But, like, how do you – Oh, I just, how do you navigate all of those levels of self-preservation, which obviously you were starting to kind of come into your mind. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, I guess in that fight in particular, I felt I was I was exhausted by that stage of the fight and he was, I guess his confidence was through the roof and he just mm. kept on tagging me. I was just like, I don't know whether I can I can throw the shot that I need to, to change this mm. now. So um, I was probably defeated basically in myself but still didn't want to give up, mm. which, is, which is why I guess you need your corner to probably sometimes say, okay. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. You've, you're not you're going. done for yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. Which, but then. But that hurts. Yeah. And that's career-wise, I was like, I needed to win that. Yeah. To kind of go forward into what I wanted to do. And it's just like. I understand not wanting to give that up either, which is why I I like Glenn in the corner for yes. that, that, that reason for as that well because he's never give up attitude. Yeah. The same is the same as mine, which which I like, but then at the same time my my family who are like, we don't want you to die. <laughs> please, yeah. please just come out. We're fine. Yeah. It's fine. You're fine. Yeah. But then as a competitor, that must – because, I, I mean, you mentioned at the beginning you want to – get another win yeah. before you retire. Like how do you think you would feel if that was your last fight? I I could deal with it, yeah. I guess, yeah. Like if, if that's the last one, that's a, that's it. Yeah. Like I, I will submit to the fact and I hope Tim keeps going on and does some amazing things and gets a world title and things like that because that would make me feel obviously better as well that <laughs> – I lost you're like you're pretty good. Yeah, you're, you're good, and that's that's the reason why I lost against you. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's that um, that I lost against a, a worthy opponent anyway. And but there's always that I guess that little bit of, about me that's like, okay, well, if I was to get the right opportunity, mm. then I would say yes. Yeah, but that's I guess the 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 sand is starting to disappear yeah <laughs> like sand through the hourglass yeah. these are the days of our lives <laughs> um yeah cuz i i just find that really interesting cuz like for my last race i didn't know that it was my last race and cuz i had every intention of going on and i ended up getting injured and it was a whole whole thing mm-hmm. and so it was quite a process for me to understand that my original first last race was a world record at short course. Wow. And I was like, cool, awesome, going <laughs> off on a high, super stoked, this is great. And then I was like, oh, wait, I don't want to not swim anymore. I'll come back. <laughs> and then um, my second last race was not what I imagined it to be. So mm-hmm. it, t- it took a long time to process that 
I didn't reach where I wanted to that last time around. Yeah. So I, I'm just interested to understand because you're like, li- like you're not going through it because you're like, I mean, we're talking as though, or I'm talking as though you're about to retire. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it seems like there's a lot of things that really have to slot into place for you. Yeah. And I'm just so fascinated by that mindset of, from your perspective, you know, how do you process that you know, like you've obviously gotten so much from the sport um in terms of you know providing for your family and and you know internally in terms of you know winning a world championship and and achieving incredible things for the sport and yeah. really bringing Australian boxing into the fore again so yeah I just I'm just fascinated by that how you navigate that sort of mindset yeah and it's a difficult one to kind of mm. explain too. I I just I, I know I could keep I could come back and and do it again, but I am like happy. physically. Do you feel like you could come back and do it again? Yeah, yeah. Like I uh, I could. I'm not completely blown out of shape completely <laughs> yet. <laughs> Look, no judgment here. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I, I it would take a long time for me to get ready in the same shape that mm. I was. That's for sure. I'll probably sit and nearly. I haven't hit 80 kilo mark yet, but I'm high 70s and that's the heaviest I've been ever. And You look great. Oh, There's no judgment here. <laughs> but, like, I know to be fight fit, like I need what to – What are you at fight fit? I would need to be walking around basically at 72, 74, like in between that, that range. Yep. Man, be- that's shred. Like you'd be shred. <laughs> and then I'd still drop to the 69 and a half, 70 wow. kilos. Yeah, okay. To, to fight. So, so like you're almost The water kilos. weight, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I've lo- got a lot to drop if I want to kind of get yeah. back in. Yeah. But that's kind of part of it for boxers, isn't it? Like you kind of enjoy well, that challenge. Yeah. If you if you train hard anyway I say and enjoy eat it. right, yeah. <laughs> you're going to lose weight. Yeah. And I would probably drop to around that mid-70s anyway mm. quite comfortably. And then a little bit of tweaking, a lot more probably – Saunas. Diet and, yeah, sauna at the end. <laughs> yeah. Even though I don't like the sauna anymore. Okay. I used to do the sauna all the time. Yeah. And I I got turned off it and I found a faster way to lose the weight with the hot bath. So. <laughs> oh, and go. it feels more normal <laughs> to do it that Just way. Having a, like a piping hot bath? Yeah, pretty hot. As oh. hot as you can kind of handle Tolerate. it. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, random. I sweat a lot in the hot bath. Yeah. Well, that's what people always used to say about swimming because, like, you don't know that you're sweating, which is why, you know, now I'm like, I don't really enjoy sweating because <laughs> uh, I'm always in water and you don't yeah. recognise that you're sweating. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. Um, so your wife, Joe is about to have another baby. Yes. You're number three. Yes. How do you navigate parenthood? <laughs> is that – because the girls have only ever known you as a boxer, obviously. Oh, uh, Yeah. Look, they, they're probably too young to really completely understand it. But I guess I don't know what goes through their head. They must be like, well, they don't know. I don't know if they think that's my job. Like, have they seen you fight? They haven't actually watched a match. Okay. Yeah. We try and not. Yeah. Even though they have seen it, but like when it's actually happening live, yeah. we don't like. They're asleep by yeah, that time yeah. anyway. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put them to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but do, like, do you see, I don't know, you wouldn't see skills in a four-year-old, I guess, <laughs> as a boxer. But like would you get them into boxing? Oh, look, I think I think it's an important skill to know how to protect yourself. Mm. So, yes, I would want them to learn something, not necessarily boxing, but just to learn how to protect themselves. But I don't think I would want them – to, to box, mm. and I, I definitely know that Joe doesn't want them to box either. <laughs> yeah, so she's prob- yeah. she probably gets to yeah. make that decision. She'll try and then go, like, no way I'm watching them go through what I did with you. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, can you imagine? Oh, oh no. it'd be even worse, yeah. watching your kids. How would you, yeah, how would you navigate that? Like, yeah. Because you know exactly what that feels exactly. like. Exactly, so it would be tough to go, I know what they're going through, but, yeah, I wouldn't want to see it happening to your child. But what if they came to you and said, Daddy... I want to be a boxer. <laughs> what? Like, what? <laughs> like, Daddy, I just someone. <laughs> like, I'm just. I gotta go yeah. now. <laughs> like, I don't want to answer that question. Like, what if they come to you and said, "I just, I would love to do this." I guess if they really, really wanted to, then I guess I wouldn't 
not stop them. Yeah. yeah. I would let them experience it in some some way, even though Joe would be screaming at me right now saying, no, they will not. But <laughs> We won't tell Joe. She won't yeah. listen. It's fine. <laughs> you can't, I guess, if someone really wants something and it's something like that mm. to strive for, you, why, you can't stop people's dreams and what they want to do. Yeah. Well, that's exactly no right. No one could stop me. She couldn't stop me. She didn't, She does, doesn't like what I do now, but leading up into Did she it, try to stop you? No. Yeah. I, no, I, she, she doesn't she seem like that sort of She woman. knew she couldn't stop me anyway, but mm. she was always supportive of it and um, even though she didn't like me getting punched, she knew it was what I wanted to do and mm. it, was, it was my goal. Yeah. I, I find that really interesting because, like, a lot of athletes, you know, I think the PC thing is to be like, oh, I just want them to find something that they love and be passionate about. And, of course, that is exactly what you want. But also if my girls came to me and was like, I want to go to the Olympics for swimming, I'd be like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's do it, baby. Yeah. So it must be hard to like, especially, you know, boxing has given you so much in your life. Like it's. Yeah, it would be hard to sort of say no to. Yeah, exactly. I know all the rewards and the feelings that you can get, the positive side of it. So Mm. I'm like, if you want to experience that, then sure. But there are definitely some downs that Mm. you have to experience as well. Do have you? Are they competitive? Like, have you noticed that? Yes, I've noticed it more with Isabel at the moment, but she's a little bit older. Yeah. Yeah. And she's highly competitive, even like with little games. Like you might be like like a race or something. You race to a spot, she'd be like. I win. Yeah. I'm like, you did and it. you don't teach Or that. I say, I win. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, yeah. I won. Yeah. You've got to learn to sl- lose as well. Or she'll get a little bit frustrated if I do win because I try not to let them win too often. No, because you've got to teach them how to yeah, lose, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely notice the competitiveness in her. But I just find that fascinating because it's not something that you teach because I, get, I sometimes get a bit embarrassed because my girls are – very competitive already, yeah. it seems. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't teach them that. Like, I didn't yeah. go, yeah, I win in your face. Yeah. Whereas they're like, I win. <laughs> I want to win. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> they're just fun. like, they're just like born like that. It's yeah. quite remarkable. I guess it's in our human nature to want, want to win at something and mm. to make things competition. And I don't know. So, what does like the next five years? look like for you do you reckon oh uh, that is a good question i am focusing a bit more on the anti-bullying mm. sides the um a made program um and trying to to get that around the country as much as possible because i think it will help mm. i think it will change a lot of what we need in schools at the moment because yeah. i was a teacher as well and i know what but that's exactly right with that experience that you have yeah and i i know like a lot of things schools try to try and solve the problem but there are a lot of issues external issues that you can't fix unless these things are taught to them and uh, that's what our program is helping so that's what your focus is for the next yeah I I think so um I'll be doing probably focusing on that and then probably doing some public speaking yeah uh talking around the place and yeah if, if any fight opportunities do present themselves I'll make sure I I keep Somewhat of a fitness level up. Yep. Of what I've got now. <laughs> if it's what you call fitness. We're all getting older. It's fine. It's the passage of time. <laughs> Again, you look fit. It's fine. <laughs> Just get in the hot bath. I'm sure you'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> that does nothing for your fitness. <laughs> oh, yeah, fitness. Shit. I would just lose a little bit of weight for 12 hours. <laughs> you'll look good in your togs on the beach. <laughs> well, what is it? Bikini body ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last question that I had for you, um, which I always like to ask um, my guests on the show, mm-hmm. is th- there's always a moment that I think um, we as the athlete are really proud of that might not be the moment that everybody sees. So, you know, obviously getting yep. your hand raised in the middle of Suncorp Stadium is something that you're incredibly proud of. But what is that moment behind the scenes that not a lot of people would know about that you go, like, this is the moment? that I'm most proud of? Uh, I guess, yeah, the world the world champion part where my hand was raised, that is like obviously the ultimate probably yes. Whatever moment. it works towards, right, that yeah. moment, yeah. But I guess at the stage of my career where 
I could stop teaching and stop work and be a full-time fighter and get paid for it. That that was pretty cool. I can't even remember when that exactly period was, but when I was able to provide in that way, yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. That's magic. Yeah. When you can get sponsors and businesses behind to back you and to go. And do the thing that you love to yeah, do. Yeah, to go, I will back you to become world champion. It's like, well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks to those companies that, that support you. And I had some massive supporters like Oxmar Properties and Skyfleet and all those type of companies that, that would support me throughout the way. They believed in you. Yeah. And I could name a, a, like a dozen of them that, that supported me throughout the way. And mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's goosebumps. That's so cool that you're able to like have that moment where you believe in yourself, but then to have that external outside support to do this thing that you believe in. Yeah. That's really cool. It is cool. And it's an extraordinary thing for businesses to do that, to be able to go, okay, we will get, we'll back you and get behind you and go, we'll support this process that you're going through. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. That was just amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Libby. Thank you so much for listening to today's show with Jeff Horn. It was so cool to have him in the in the home studio and yeah, just get to chat to him about how he prepares himself mentally to get punched in the face. Um, how he is navigating this moment between potential retirement but not quite being there. I found that really fascinating from my perspective because a lot of athletes kind of have those moments where they're not yet retired but not not retired (laughs) I you know describe that really well but you know there's this moment that this pivotal moment where you could keep going but you're not sure yet and yeah I found that really interesting to understand in his sport what that looks like and what would bring him to you know actually compete in another match but the fact that he also has this other element to himself, which is, you know, the anti-bullying and helping kids learn self-defense and discipline and respect and, and having that integrity within themselves and to give them confidence to be able to handle themselves uh, in those situations is just, yeah, really powerful. He's such a cool guy. So chilled. Yeah, so I really hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I enjoyed talking to Jeff and As always, if you have any ideas of people, um, please message me on Instagram at allthatglitterspod. And if you have the time, if you like the show, I would really love if you could rate, uh, subscribe, review, share. uh, And yeah, otherwise, I hope everyone has a lovely week uh, during these crazy times and sending lots of love. Chat soon.